Hello and welcome to Cooking Your Way Through Life. Today's episode is Cooking Your Way Through Stereotypes. And today's recipe is a lobster chimichanga with a peanut Thai sauce. Cooking Your Way Through Life is a podcast combining knowledge of the kitchen and applying it to real life situations. This podcast is all about understanding techniques to make things you already know even better. Topics from traveling on a budget, setting and achieving short and long-term goals, and of course, cooking. On today's episode, we go over generational stereotypes, stereotypes that are just within the black community, and also worldwide stereotypes that affect us on a national level. We're also going to go over an Asian-inspired lobster chimichanga with a peanut Thai sauce that ties it all together. So get ready. Please welcome Chef Hollywood. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Cooking Way Through Life with me, Chef Hollywood. I'm back with another guest co-host from season one that you guys you guys actually liked. You know, surprised me a little bit. He's okay. I mean, he's pretty cool. But we're going to get into another topic today. We're going to talk about stereotypes. And we're going to make a fusion dish again that might give you a hint of who's on this episode. We're going to make an Asian-style chimichanga with lobster with a peanut Thai sauce on top. So it's a lot of different flavors, but I promise it's going to work when it comes all together. And... But without further ado, my guest co-host for today is a photographer, an artist, a newly instated tattoo artist, and a health aficionado. It is Warren, guys. Welcome back to the episode. What's up, hello, Warren? Hello, hello. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming back, man. We're doing the Intercontinental Connection Part 2. Look, I am I am across this pond all over Season 2, man. Like, I'm, I'm trying to think. I think I have, like... I think I have four or five of um, people from from across the pond this season. You're so just, you're just trying to get the ratings up by having English accents. That's all you're trying. Hey, I, see, I, I you, see you game. Shout out to the UK. You guys are my second highest listening platform <laughs> already. Uh, of course, America's number one. They got my back. But UK is actually number two. Yeah, don't um, worry. We'll get those numbers up. Turkey's coming in though. Turkey, Turkey's my spot. I feel like I might be Beyonce in Turkey. Like, I don't know, it's weird. <laughs> only, only in podcasting though. Only in podcasting. <laughs> you are the Beyonce of Turkey. That's a that's an image that I didn't I didn't ever want to see, but it's there now. That's it. Shout out to Turkey. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Why so Beyonce got a beard. <laughs> it's a new look. What's this like? I think her name's like Sasha. Well, this is gonna be like Marshall. Marshall, her stage name, you know, with Marshall this, this Fierce. Man, Marshall Fierce, you know, little little manly looking. <laughs> nah, that's that. That's not. Nope. <laughs> love you, love you, Beyonce. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so we're gonna go into a um a little bit of a serious topic this time, but of course, gonna bring bring our personalities and our opinions on this. So talking about stereotypes today. Before we get into that topic, though, this dish that you have me making, <laughs> which is a lobster chimichanga. Let's start there. And which we're, sounds delicious. It does. It sounds amazing. Um, I love lobster. I love yeah. fried things. So I love mm-hmm. chimichangas. Um, and, you know, and then we're just kicking it up a notch by doing it in Asian inspired style. And topping it with a peanut 
Thai curry sauce. So, you know, like, even better. Yeah, I'll <laughs> take all of it. Yeah. So, I mean, the first thing we got to do, guys, is the thing about chimichangas is that we want to use a flour tortilla so that when we fry it, we have that really nice crust and we have um, a lot of that flavor that flour is going to give us versus a corn tortilla, which would just be a little too crunchy and we can work it the same way. If you already listened to the episode about self-awareness with me and Chef Ling, then I taught you how to make homemade flour tortillas. So use that same episode and we're going to use those flour tortillas in a different way now to make chimichangas. So two in one here. Smash. So you got your flour tortillas already set. We're not going to talk about them because we already did. And the next thing you want to do is get everything together. So, of course, we're using lobster today. Since we're going Asian, we're going to use some cabbage onions, and carrots. We're also going to use some, we're also going to use some coconut milk here. So normally we use heavy cream in chimichanga. So that sauce that we give you inside of it is made of heavy cream. It gets everything together. We're going to go coconut milk because we're going to use coconut milk in our peanut sauce too. So it kind of ties those two things together. Definitely keeps us on that Thai feel. Ties those put- two things together. Yeah, it's I, oh god. No? Yeah, okay, sorry. No, I'll stop. I'll stop. <laughs> I just haven't spoken to people in a long time. I thought that's how jokes worked. No, okay. Yeah, I mean, you know, it it someone laughed. <laughs> Me. The one person it. who just laughed at Warren's joke, hit him up on Instagram. Hey. <laughs> but also, do you like spice though, bro? Like how spicy, you know, because I mean we're going Thai, so you know, throw yeah, Thai so, chilies in. Yeah, like uh, the last episode, we established that I'm like half Jamaican and we love us some spice and some heat. So I'm all for some chilies in there and make it a bit right, spicy. Right. The get the thing here too is that I always I recommend spice, but I want you to taste the the flavor of the spice. So mm-hmm. I think what we should do is we should put the Thai chilies with the coconut milk, and then when we start cooking that off, we're kind of basically steep that and that just means for you guys we're gonna flavor the coconut milk with the thai chili so think about tea so you basically steep tea when you make tea put a hot water into the tea and then that turns it into the tea we drink we're gonna do that with the coconut milk and the thai chili so we'll get those out and then also another thing is like a little bit of cheese and your chimichanga like brings it together Mm -hmm. and i was looking into this and for those of you who don't know, I kind of make these recipes up on the spot. Um, <laughs> and I was trying to think of something like that wasn't like super Thai infused, but also like could bring this together. And I was thinking we can use some goat cheese in here. Oh, nice. I think it will work really well. Like because it's goat cheese is is very it's strong in some ways, but it's very solid in other ways that make sense. Mm-hmm. So it gives us enough assertiveness to really know it's here. But it also would take a back seat when we add the peanut butter sauce and all those other things. So it's not like we're trying to compete with each other. So, all right, guys. We got these. Oh, thanks. Thanks. You know, I try. I try. <laughs> I get paid for this. <laughs> we're going to get all these out and we're going to not not worry about the peanut butter sauce, the peanut sauce yet. We'll get to that later. And before we get into the cooking process, because this cooks pretty fast, we're going to jump into today's topic. So as Warren just stated, he is half Jamaican. Um, He also lives in the UK. 
and he's a black man for those of you who who can't visually get that yet we'll say uh, beige. we'll say a strong yeah, you, you know like strong caramel if both of us were together you would definitely be like a little lighter than me you know what <laughs> i'm saying uh, <laughs> but that being said we both have experienced stereotypes in our mm-hmm. um in our lives and just off the back what's the biggest stereotype that you've had to deal with or you've um, heard <clears throat> So it's uh, it's different. It's different depending on where you are. So um, yeah. I noticed that I got a lot of stereotypes when I started working on cruise ships, because. But it was more so due to the fact that I was British, but I didn't look mm. like what people expected a British person to look like. Um, and I think that was the that was the weirdest one. I've, we've always I've always had like bits of um stereotyping in this country um but you kind of come to terms with it or you understand it so it's it's less prevalent you you kind of become um you kind of become used to it to a certain degree and so all of those stereotypes were easier to deal with or maybe come to mind less but then when you go to a different country and something as simple as your voice doesn't match what they assume your face should look like. Um, I think the funniest one was uh, when I got to cruise director, um, I had to make announcements uh, over the tannoy on the cruise ship. And so prior to people ever seeing my face, they'd hear my voice. So people would be like, uh, people, I'd, I'd host an event one of the first days of the cruise and uh, all the guests would come out and be like, well, hold on a second. You're the cruise director? And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. And they're like, yep. oh, I thought you'd look different. <laughs> hmm. oh, this is my face. This is the only one I've got. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with that because I I feel the same way. Like, I definitely experience stereotypes here in America. Um, but just mostly like the, the I would say the old school ones, like mm-hmm. I should like watermelon, which I yeah. don't like watermelon, uh, it's it's, <laughs> but I don't like it. And I genuinely <laughs> don't like it. It's not like, ironically, I don't like watermelon. I just, I feel like it's a waste don't of like fruit. It. Like yeah. it's a waste of fruit guys. Like anyway, give me a pineapple. Uh, <laughs> but it's, it's like these days, then coming from the South, it's just like, you're you're supposed to do certain things like mm-hmm. as a black man from the south so people just assume and that's the problem with stereotypes it's like it's a lot of assumption yeah and then you meet people and it's just like they don't live up to these expectations that that you've created in your head because that's not who they are and on ships mine was because i also did a speaking mm-hmm. role as my as my job and i would get people come up to me after my shows all the time and they would be like where are you from and i'm like i'm from georgia and just for like, I'm from Monroe, Georgia, but I would always say I'm from Atlanta because like people know Atlanta and I say Atlanta without T's. But when I'm in public, when I'm publicly speaking and people are not from Georgia, I say Atlanta because I know that that's how they, they hear <laughs> Enunciation. it. Enunciation. And that's like, <laughs> that's probably the most I do. Like as far as a traditional, like Southern person is like, I lose the enunciation when I'm talking. Like you've heard me talk to like Frankie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know. <laughs> I've heard you mumble but to Frankie, yeah. We all mumble, we talk. Mm-hmm. But uh but I, I still get hit with the out of the country people just be like, Well, you don't sound like you're from the south. And their reference is like honey boo boo and Dukes of Hazard. <laughs> yeah. And it's just, it's like 
No, nobody I know sounds like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nobody I talk to personally. And yeah, and it's like, I've also gotten a strange thing of like, outside of America, it's less about me being a black man and more about me being an American. <laughs> and yeah. Then, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's also a weird one. Yeah. Especially, that- <laughs> especially in a time when America is very like, is is very much the topic of discussion especially like due to the fact of who your prior president was and all that kind of stuff like you just america ends up becoming a a much bigger topic than your race ever could it's like oh you're american so what about donald trump it's like that's the all of a sudden the the thing that you have to contest with yeah and that was that was a shock for me because i was like oh okay this feels weird. <laughs> I, I was like, first of all, I don't want to talk about it. And um, second of all, why? Why, yeah. why, why? So yeah. I've I've been on a um, vacation before where I might have put a little patois into my, um, <laughs> just so that I, I appear Caribbean. I'm not yeah. going to say it. Um, you don't have to I have family it. from Trinidad, so, you know. <laughs> so you can you can do it a little bit. You can do Yeah, it. you know, a little bit. I can pass. I'm passing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I think that's the biggest thing. It's just like that. I don't know if it's more of a letdown of people when you don't live up to the stereotype or it's just like you just feel like, well, why are you even thinking that this is how it's going to be in the first place? So I also feel like a lot of stereotypes are generational these days. Like a lot of the stereotypes that our parents had to deal with or a lot of the stereotypes that we had to deal with like maybe a few years ago uh well like several years ago uh, a lot less um a lot less a lot less there than they are now because we because things have changed a lot more like there's a lot you can't say anything these days there's like cancel culture is a thing like people <clears throat> are genuinely uh wanting to almost do the best for people and mm-hmm. and so you don't want to say the wrong things. You don't necessarily want to have a stereotype. And otherwise, all of a sudden, that's going to lead to your business going out or like you're, you, you're not being able to find a job or whatever, whatever. So yeah. um, <clears throat> I feel like a lot less, there's a lot less stereotypes. Obviously, there are still abundant amounts of stereotypes. Mm-hmm. But um, I feel like a lot of the ones that we that our parents had to deal with aren't necessarily in the forefront as much anymore. Yeah, I agree. I definitely I feel like because, you know, I, I I wholeheartedly think that like it original original stereotypes may have stemmed from truth a little bit like mm-hmm. and then it, it became this where this place where we're creating these false narratives now, though, like and because honestly, if you are from the South, you probably do like fried chicken because we <laughs> cook a lot of it. Not, like it's just, just it's I don't want to even just say that because everyone likes fried chicken that's not yeah, just but it's not just a but black it's like, thing everyone it's like, likes it it is it's like in the south like i i grew up with white people that eat fried chicken people like you know like they like we all ate fried chicken like people that live in in la like it's not a stereotype i mean it is a stereotype to say that like most white girls eat avocado toast for breakfast in la but everybody who goes to most places in la for breakfast eats avocado toast so it's I, like I am not. Uh, I am not what some people would describe as a basic white bitch, but I do love you know, me some avocado on toast. So if that's what you want to call me, I mean, you know, it. we we all know the Starbucks basic drink that people say is the 
pumpkin spice latte. And I know I know mad people that drink the pumpkin spice yeah. latte. Who, you know, so it's like I think now we as a generation have just moved to like, yo, like, I mean, that could be true, but it's also true for a lot of people. Like (laughs) especially when it comes to foods and drinks and stuff like that. And yeah, to a certain degree, like music and fashion and all that kind of stuff. It's all so intermingled anymore. I suppose back in the day, like only a certain type of people would have eaten a certain type of food because it was their um, cultural food. So it was only really available to them because it was their people that were cooking it. Um, But now food, fashion, music, it's so international that you can find it in any neighborhood. You can find find fried chicken in any country, in any neighborhood. Mm -hmm. And so it's not what it was anymore. It's It's not a sign of only being from one part of the world. It's like it's a sign of just it's it's just a sign of the world now. Yeah, I mean, we're doing an Asian-inspired Mexican dish, so <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, and I can't let's wait to go eat there. It, like... If I'm going to be honest, so. <laughs> all right, let's get into this dish then. So we have most of our ingredients out for the chimichanga. Now, with our lobster, though, we do want to make sure the other thing about chimichangas is that we are doing flour tortillas, as I mentioned. Definitely want to use those to cook and everything, but. If you ever made chimichangas at the house, then you know that you have to kind of wait for your your items to cool down. You can't put a hot sauce and then hot lobster in this flour tortilla and then fry it because it will explode. Like, honestly, no, no lie. <laughs> <laughs> it will explode in your deep fryer or whatever you're using. So we do want to get everything kind of cooked down first so that we can assemble this and then cook it off later. So lobster meat. I recommend using lobster tail for this because you get the most meat and you also, I always say, work smart and not hard. So lobster claws are great, but no, I mean, lobster claws you have to get for this dish. (laughs) It'd be a lot lot more, (laughs) a lot more than just grabbing lobster tail. So in this case, I would do lobster tail. We could just go ahead and steam the lobster off, but I mean, we're already doing some fusion here, so... I feel like, you know, like take it up a notch again and let's go ahead and, you know, maybe just use some butter and poach our lobster meat in the butter so that we have that buttery lobster flavor going on. You know, so that kind of that guides us through on the chimichanga, Uh, even another step here. You know, let's not, you know, let's do that. The other thing is we don't normally season our lobster heavy. Another shameless plug here, if you use my seasoning, so that oh, catch of the day, go. you know, it, it works in small in small increments there, and it just goes a long way. So a little bit of that catch of the day in there and that butter when you're poaching will infuse all of that butter with all of my, my great flavors from my spice blend. Now, if you don't have it, you can always order that chcollinearcreations.com. Don't worry. The ship <laughs> in the U.S. and Canada. <laughs> International coming soon. <laughs> it's no, already here but i i shipped to warren just as a thank you gift and i think he got it like three months later so i gotta fix that i gotta fix some, you know <laughs> yeah covid wasn't playing ball covid was not like covid is messing up a lot of shipping right now so yeah there's that um <laughs> so we're gonna cook the lobster off we do want to take it out and then we just want to let it cool down room temp here and we can keep this at room temp when we assemble now, for the other side of this, though, our sauce that's going to go inside, 
we're going to start with our pan and just using a little bit of extra virgin olive oil here want to saute off your cabbage your onions and your carrots you want to get these kind of um i would say translucent and just softened up so that we still have a, a texture like a crunch inside but we don't want it to be like a raw kind of texture and for the cut of this since we are always talking about make sure all of your items are cut the same way the only thing here that we cannot shred would be our onions. Shredded onions are not great. So <laughs> we just want to cut these down to strips. Think julienne size pieces. That way you get some cabbage, onions, and carrots in there, all the same size. They cook at the same rate. Get these cooking off. And as these cook down, you'll see that the bottom of the pan will start to get a little caramelization on it. It grows a little bit of that F-O-N-D, that fund there. So it gets like that browning on the bottom of the pan. We're going to get that up by adding our coconut milk now. So pour the coconut milk in that same pan. And this is when we're going to pop in those Thai chilies. And those Thai chilies, as I mentioned earlier, we're going to infuse the flavor in the coconut milk. But then we're going to take those out before we actually assemble. So think about these like bay leaves right now, in a mm -hmm. sense. We're just going to flavor and take these out. And we do want to salt and pepper this to season, to taste. And... We do have goat cheese going in, but we're going to wait on that. So we want to just simmer this down, have the goat cheese in a separate bowl, and we're going to use the goat cheese like we would for a cream cheese here, where we're just going to pour this hot mixture with our onions and cabbage and carrots on top of the goat cheese, mix it together. It's going to melt that goat cheese into this sauce by just heating it up. So we do want to make sure that that's room temp as well. So we'll let the lobster cool and this cool before we move on. And going back to our topic now, as me and Warren already stated, um, we've experienced stereotypes, of course. <laughs> and um, going from our parents to now, it's definitely a little different, but they're still mm -hmm. out there. Yeah. How do you think like stereotypes affect us mentally, though? Because I know one thing about generation is that now we definitely are more... We're more efficient at addressing that we need to take care of our mental health more than our yeah. parents and grandparents. And when I think about it, I was talking to my grandma one time and she was just like, she, I made her some, um, we were talking about food earlier. Mm -hmm. I made her something and it was like a, it was an Asian style dish, but I don't remember what I made. And she was like, yeah, I never had it because I didn't even know, like, I didn't know these, like this kind of dish was around. Like it was like, mm -hmm. it was like she, she could have went down the street and got yeah. it but it was like something that was just like oh, i don't know black people eat that you know yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah yeah it's just like ingrained in her so like mentally do you think stereotypes have something mm. to do with that um i think it definitely i don't know if it's stereotypes i think i think that's more of a cultural issue i think that's more of a especially in those days people from certain cultures would stick within those cultures um and mm -hmm. people that like people then break out of that and make friends with all types of people. And then they're the ones that kind of set the, set the trail for everybody else. And they're like, Oh no, I've got a friend who does this and, or who's from here and eats this. And so, um, they'll be like, Oh yeah, I'll, I'll make that then. And they know that it's appropriate. I think that's more of a cultural thing. I think the biggest issue I feel with stereotypes and mental health is with younger kids uh, and teenagers and that is more to do with uh opportunity i feel like a really big problem that certain 
demographics within a lot of different countries, but I'll speak to probably maybe America and England for now, is that um, they feel like they don't have access to a lot of opportunities based on where they're from or their appearance or not even necessarily that, maybe their social or, or economic status or um so if they're if they're middle class or lower class, if they're lower class, they don't feel like they can aspire to be something, and that's yeah. a, that's that's because stereotypes tell them that you're from this area or you're you look this way, so you can't achieve this. Like I feel like that's where the biggest problem with stereotypes and mental health comes in is that we need to, and I don't I don't know how necessarily we tackle this i was having this conversation uh the other day um and i was and i said that we need some people who who you would look at and instantly have a stereotype towards um but who have done the complete opposite of that stereotype so somebody who like yourself who is um an internationally like you've you've traveled internationally to cook um, and you've you've done all these amazing things that's not playing basketball or uh, yeah. playing a sport or, or or being a rapper. Like you've done all these amazing things within your life and within your career, and it's all stemmed from something that stereotypically maybe people wouldn't have necessarily thought was achievable. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I didn't I even like, think it was achievable. Yeah. So I feel like. Um, the best, the only way we can tackle it is by highlighting people within that social, within that social uh, or economic status that have challenged the stereotype and completely gone the opposite direction. Um, like I have a friend who is a who. So we so in the UK we have like a, tra- a, a train network called uh, Network Rail, and they run all of the trains up and down the country and I have a friend who um is one of the is really high up within that country uh sorry country company um and <laughs> <laughs> when i say he's high up i mean like he he has company car and you know he, he does all these he's very very high up in that company but if you looked at him he's a black man that has a gold tooth and wears like trainers and tracksuits and all this other stuff and you'd look at him and you'd think oh he does this for a living yeah but it's not true it's yeah, like yeah. regardless of how somebody looks that's got nothing to do with it. it's what it's 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 only dependent on what the effort that you can put in and how you can find your way within something i feel like we need to highlight people like yourself and like him to show kids that there is an opportunity to do more than what they think they have the access to I yeah, I see what you're saying. And then I I definitely I I feel like um to jump off of that too, it's like it's representation, like overall, like just seeing like what you're saying, like seeing yourself yeah. in these different spaces. And I, I talk about that a lot um on previous episodes too, where like it took me, I didn't even go to school for for being a chef at first mm-hmm. because I didn't see anyone that looked like me from where I came from that made that an actual career. So I didn't know that was viable. I yeah. was just like, I know that computer science is something that is legitimate. And like, I see, you know, like, and, and yeah. I don't think people, people that grew up and they've always seen representation everywhere. They don't understand how it feels when no. you don't see it. Yeah. Like 
you when you are when you i mean basically when you're a white person and <laughs> especially in america and you see that a white person has had every single job there is on tv on in history like everywhere you look it's not a it's not far-fetched to think i can do it but when you grow up and you're not and you don't see these and i mean it was 2021 and if you look at the news, like even in entertainment and in any space right now, there's always every single year a black person or even an Asian person or Hispanic person still being the first. Like yeah. it's 2021. Yeah. It's like the first Asian American to be da da da. It's just yeah. like, what? The f- All like, women, like the first, the first female vice president. Like, yeah, there's, like it's there's a lot of 2021. Yeah. <laughs> I, w- I would say I would say that like I feel like race stereotypes are a massive thing obviously especially in the U- in the US where like you have a m- we have an issue with it in the UK but there's an even bigger issue in the US but I feel like when you get to a certain when you get past a certain level of so so what I'm trying to say is the people who the people who can affect change aren't necessarily looking at um at the fact that it's a group of black people or a group of white people they're looking at mm-hmm. how much do these people earn like it's more of a economic scale it's like a mm-hmm. okay you are lower class you don't so class there's a lot yeah it's a class system so there's a lot of like there's a lot of lower class white people in the UK and in America who also don't feel like they can get to that point because they look on the tv and all they see is like people that speak really well and uh, you know really well-spoken people and 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 suits and this that and the other and they they're they're like yeah but i don't come from that my parents are on benefits or you know like uh government credit or whatever like my like we don't i don't see that um and so i feel like yeah race is a massive uh race stereotypes is a massive issue and also class stereotypes um that 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 all need challenging and i feel like we're in a very fortunate position at the moment that the internet is such a massive thing as well and so that like somebody like you can have your own voice and have your own podcast and all these other people can have their own youtube channels and stuff like that and and be like look no you can actually make something of your situation regardless of what that situation is i feel like we're in a a very good place at the moment for it it just needs to be we just need more of it the kids need to know that there is to normalize it that it's like there all the time exactly yeah every now and then this can happen to you yeah you know which i will say like and and thank you for you know what you said i i feel like also sometimes those of us who quote unquote make it though we don't feel like we made it and mm. so, like, I don't like. I'm not a person that usually is just like shout out little baby. Like I hear saying like I got <laughs> out of the mud. Like I, I don't be like got out of the mud. <laughs> like you know, I I I know that I come from humble beginnings and like very humble. Like <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, <laughs> but I don't know if I. And it might be like a a thing that I have where I feel like I don't talk about it a lot, and mm. because I don't want to use it as a crutch. Um, but then, like you say, like sometimes people who also are in that space right now need to see that you come from those humble beginnings and then you are where you are. So it's a, yeah. it's a balance. You know? I think, I think a part of it as well is that like, 
if you if you have the forethought to like look at yourself and analyze you'll look at yourself and be like well i don't have it as worse i don't have it as bad as this person or that group of people or this group of people so i just won't even talk about it because my situation isn't nowhere near as bad as theirs like yeah but 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 if uh, as long as you, not as long as, but if you did come from a situation that wasn't ideal or wasn't like this perfect upbringing or like this perfect situation or, uh, you know, like parents didn't have all of the money to give you and stuff like that, then you still have a voice to be able to, to be able to talk to somebody who might be trying to listen. Yeah. Um, and you know sometimes it's just sometimes people need to hear stuff that we don't even realize we can say at that time um so it is what it, you know we we just got to try and be the best and do the, do as good as we can but yeah definitely breaking down stereotypes at the moment is something that I feel like is happening but probably could happen a little bit more yeah it, I mean, it definitely could be moved forward but I think I mean and that goes to like you as well like I'm pretty sure that mad people in where you're from your hometown are just like the things you've done like all the world traveling all your different careers that you've done so <laughs> far and you're doing now like they're just like it, it makes it so that it's attainable because yeah. there's somebody that they you know you can see it you can actually see it happening versus like this guy on tv like you know drake yeah, yeah. <laughs> the other drake the um, other drake yeah, I think that's I think that's what it is. Just kind of like I've always been the type of person to never say no or never accept no. So I've never been the type of person to be like, oh yeah, I'll just, like if somebody offers me an opportunity, I'm gonna take it, and I'll never be the person that somebody says, oh you can't do this. So I'll just be like, oh well, I can't do that. Um, so yeah, I think just staying true to yourself and and. Uh, doing things like this where you can voice your opinions and talk about things. Uh, if anybody has an opportunity to talk to somebody, even if it's just like a nephew or a, or a, or a, or a family friend, that's like a younger person and, mm-hmm. and you've had some level of not, not even necessarily uh, success, but like some level of getting past a barrier to definitely try and help them as much as you can, because you never know how, how far they can then take that themselves. Yeah. Facts, facts, man. All right, little segue here to take something farther. We got to take this recipe up a notch. Okay, um, let's do it. <laughs> so I'm we got hungry. lobster, room temp. We got the, and I say room temp in a good way, guys, not like lobster sitting at room temp. So <laughs> <laughs> we got the cooked off lobster and the sauce, which are now cooled down enough to go into our tortilla. So let's go ahead and make these. So, about seven inch tortillas here. So the same ones we made in my other episode. Um, just want to have it big enough that we can fill it. And then we can also roll it. But if you eat two of them, you know, like that's a meal versus like being too much. If that makes sense. Yep. You know? Okay. So we're going to, we're going to fill these now. And the best thing to do is to look at the center of your tortilla and offset your meat. So we're going to offset the, the lobster here, so not in the actual center, just off to the side. Then we're going to put some of that sauce right on top of it. And this way, when we roll it up, we're going to start at that point so that it's really inside of the tortilla. So otherwise, if you start in the middle, you're going to start and you're going to roll your tortilla and just have a lot of bread 
in the beginning. So it's just, mm-hmm. it won't give you the same mouthfeel. So this will give us the lobster and sauce in the center of our tortilla and then evenly wrapped around it on the outside. So we want to do that. And then another thing to do here is just to secure it because we're not using any binder. We want to secure it with a good old fashioned toothpick. So this works the best because we can toothpick these. We can actually deep fry it with the toothpick, take the toothpick out, and you won't even mm-hmm. see the mark that the toothpick was in. I never so knew just that like, was how they did it. Yeah, see? Quick and easy, like old school, and yeah, you never know the difference. Um, otherwise, you can, they actually make chimichanga, um, what's it called? Like chimichanga baskets uh baskets yeah they make chimichanga baskets <laughs> and you can you like sit it i mean you gotta be making a lot of chimichangas get yeah it, guys yeah, I'm, not, yeah. I'm not pushing this but you you make them and it sits right in there so that it doesn't open goes down comes out golden brown oh wow if you're not making chimichangas once a week i wouldn't recommend it toothpicks are 99 cents at the store <laughs> <laughs> if you do the cost on that it's uh you save a lot I mean, of money you know you know and there's a lot of toothpicks for 99 cents so mm-hmm. you can do a lot of chimichangas as well and so we're gonna go ahead in here now traditionally it was talking about frying these you would do this in shortening or um like that's old school fat guys and yeah. that would give you the most flavor now we are doing an asian inspired mostly mexican style dish so i mean we already thinking outside the box here if you have the means this is also where you can kick it up a notch as far as flavor if you have duck fat you can fry these in this duck fat and it's gonna give you so much flavor in that tortilla that it's gonna add a whole another level of flavor on here so like this would be a lot of duck fat so if you didn't have enough would you could you shallow fry it or no you can shallow fry this. Um, it's a little bit trickier. So as you can imagine, with shallow frying, you would have to flip it over. Mm-hmm. So when you use a toothpick, what you would do is you would want to use a toothpick and then fry it on the crease mm-hmm. so that when it fries on the crease, it will actually stick together. Oh, and then okay. you flip it over from there. So that's a good trick for um, if you want to shallow fry it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, because it is a lot of duck fat. I say that because one of my favorite restaurants who they used to use duck fat, but they don't anymore is out in Hawaii and it's mm-hmm. called Hank's hot dogs. So they used to fill their deep fryers with duck fat. And when I tasted the fries and I was like, why do these fries taste like heaven? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, what do you do to your fries? It was just like these regular fries. And he was like, Oh yeah, it's duck fat. And I was like, Oh, you got to be kidding me. I need <laughs> everything in the world to be cooked with duck fat. Like, I don't you even know. Made, you just made fries back. You just, <laughs> like, fries 2.0. You did. Like, out of all of a sudden, I'm just like, these are amazing. So, I always recommend, because sometimes, I know, especially here in America, sometimes duck fat is really readily available. So, what happens is, and during the holiday season, so, like, Thanksgiving, Christmas, a lot of people are dressing ducks, and a lot of these farmers markets and stuff are breaking ducks down and they don't have anything to do with a lot of the fat so they'll just portion it out separately and you can get it for a cheaper cost Mm. i mean it's not very easily ready it's not it's not easy to find in the summertime around here a lot but for the holidays you can find it so yeah just just look good yeah just stash it away you can freeze it so it's a good trick to have yeah um but otherwise, you can just cook this in regular good old vegetable oil and you'll be fine or shortening. And you just want to either shallow like fry little, like... How about a little sesame oil? So sesame oil you can't do just because it's going to burn. 
Oh, it's got a low, a low. Yeah, it's got a low. Um, yeah. So the sesame oil is is great for um, sauteing or if you're using it in a wok to okay. give some good flavor. If you wanted to add sesame oil to this, what we would do is we would take out the extra virgin olive oil we cook the vegetables in, and we would yeah. use sesame oil then. Oh, okay. So that way we still get the sesame oil in there, and you can totally do that, and that it knock up that flavor extra yeah. notch. So there we go. Yeah, that's a good thing to mix in. And after we fry this off, either the shallow fry or the deep fry that we just talked about, we just want to put these on paper towels just so or either paper towels or a cooling rack on top of a sheet tray. You just want all the excess oil to fall off, of course. The mm. good thing is that we cannot bite into a chimichanga right away. I mean, you can, but it'll be the worst decision you ever made. <laughs> so <laughs> you, you had a mouth. You had a mouth before. And now you don't. So that's the good thing here to remember. Now, the reason why we're remembering this is because we haven't even touched this peanut sauce. And that's good because by the time we make the peanut sauce, which comes together really fast, the chimichanga will be cooled down enough that when we cut into it, it's good and still gooey, but not molten hot lava. <laughs> so before we make this sauce and bring this all together, jumping back over to stereotypes, we talked about this a little bit and you mentioned some of the ways that we can we can do this, but overall what would be a solution if you know i gave you a, i gave you a grant tomorrow and i'm just like warren i need you to dissolve stereotypes what's your first action that you're taking it's a tough question um i think it definitely starts with the younger generation like i don't know about you but i've i know i have family members who are old and they have stereotypes that they will never, ever, you can tell them as much as you want, but they'll never, ever change those stereotypes. It's like, it's ever. built, yeah, it's <laughs> built, it's built into them. That's it. Um, mm -hmm. And so, you know, I feel like once you get to a certain age, it's really hard to change those stereotypes. But if you start when kids are young, then you can get rid of as much of that stereotype as possible within an entire generation. And then from that generation on, that stereotype is less prevalent. So I feel like that'd be the best way to do it. Um, I don't know whether that is in the form of a podcast, a TV show, a YouTube channel, a, I don't know, Netflix series, or whether it's actually going... <laughs> You know, gotta get that Netflix money, um, or whether that's going into schools and speaking to kids directly, or um, I don't know. I don't the 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 way of doing it in this current generation. I don't I don't know what the best way of doing it would be, but I definitely think it's a TikTok dance, bro. What do you mean? <laughs> yeah, we just made it dance. <laughs> um, but I definitely think it is going for the younger generation and mm -hmm. tackling it before it becomes a, before it becomes a stereotype or an issue. I I liked it. I like if I had the money, you know, just pass out this grant money, I, I would put you on the board. I, I like that. I there think it would work. Uh, <laughs> I do. I think that it's a combination of everything you said though, because I mean, I'm just fine. I'm, I'm figuring out now, even with, I'm using social media mostly for marketing and my business and Every social media platform has different people viewing it. So like my my followers on TikTok are not the same followers I have on Instagram, not the yeah. same followers on on, you know, so on and so forth. So I think that you would have to do a cross 
um, across promotion a little bit. Yeah, like everything you said, like I think to reach the younger generation, I think you have to do a little bit on all the platforms you said for it to really reach them. Because if you just like for us, <laughs> you put a TV show on when we were kids and we seen it. Because it was the only thing we could watch. Yeah, it was the only like, option. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And now they have so many options that, like, yeah, they might not watch that Netflix show, but they might actually see that TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> or true. they might actually, you know, see that Facebook notification yeah, if they're checking on the grandparents. Um, <laughs> you know, so I definitely I like that. Um, I, think if, I think then it definitely becomes like getting the right cast of people or the right voices to the right voices to, to, but then again, it, but then again, like you say, that is very much dependent on the platform as well. Like the same yeah. voice that will get through to people on TikTok is not the same voice that will get through to people on YouTube or Facebook or Instagram. Like yeah, the voice definitely is something that you need to look into and, and also change for each demographic or platform, yeah. I suppose. Pretty much. Yeah. Both, both demographic mm. and platform. I mean, there are places where, I didn't even know, but like places like TikTok are not even available. So you can't just be like the whole world's going to see this because some countries are not. Nope. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, you definitely have to get different voices and get the right people. Touching on what you said about the older generation, man. Yeah, I don't know. Like I, I, I will say I'll give some of my older um, relatives the benefit of the doubt. Sometimes they surprise me. My grandma, but my grandma, if anybody's ever known me, like you guys know, my grandma is not a regular grandma anyway. So my grandma is excluded. Like she's old, but like she's she's adaptable mm. <laughs> to a certain to a certain extent. <laughs> like I me, mean, my grandma's on she she dates online right now. So like she's oh, wow. she's adaptable to a certain extent. She's also oh, been yeah. married she, more she times than it. I can count. Um she 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 she's been out there. She's been married a lot of times. Her and my uncle. Oh, <laughs> uh, shout out to I, I'm pretty sure my uncle probably listens, but shout out to her and my uncle. They don't really know how to date. They just know how to marry people. So you know, it's like we'll date after we say I do. Um, so, if goes, <laughs> so if you realize you don't like them, you, whew. you know. Uh, so you know, I I feel like she's adaptable, but then I do have other older relatives who are like you said, and they're just like, nah, fam. <laughs> yeah like <laughs> so there is that um and i do think that the younger generation has to usher this in and it's a lot of responsibility to put on them but i think they've already honestly speaking though i feel like we we see a change now because it's so many younger people that don't even let they don't let stuff hold them back like kind of like we were held back in certain yeah. ways like they'll they'll just go out there and do it like they, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like 100 I mean, and that's good, good, good and bad way <laughs> i think um i think like one really good example is that uh so generationally um i have like i have quite a few tattoos and obviously now being a tattoo artist like yeah. uh when I worked on cruise ships, a lot of our passengers were older and they would mm-hmm. see the tattoos and they would instantly be like, well, like have an assumption about mm-hmm. those tattoos. Um, but I've always said that when our generation is the oldest generation, those stereotypes will no longer be an issue 
it's not you won't be able to not get a job because you've got tattoos or you won't be able to not get this opportunity because you've got tattoos because we are the generation that don't that those that understands that those tattoos don't define who you are as a person mm-hmm. um so i feel like when our generation is the oldest one stereotypes like that won't be an issue um and i think that's something that has changed within our generation i never thought about it like that yeah really like some of the stuff we we'll set the tone like we would be the 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 top tear and just be like no like that like having a tattoo doesn't mean anything because i got like three that i don't even remember yeah. Yeah. Uh, like <laughs> it's, it's literally, i don't have three but you know <laughs> it's literally when our generation is the one that is the oldest generation uh then the stereotypes that we had to face if we have addressed those stereotypes stereotypes that we had to face shouldn't be a stereotype anymore because we won't enforce them yeah we shouldn't be in we shouldn't. Them anyway. Like that's the look, man. One of my favorite phrases that I've been saying is just like, don't pass on your trauma mm-hmm. to the next person. Yeah. Because it's True. like, I hate people that say I sacrifice for you. If you sacrifice something for me, then I shouldn't go through the same thing you went through. That's not a sacrifice. Your sacrifice means I don't have to go through that traumatic yeah. ordeal because you did it for me. And I appreciate it. But if we both go through it, was it a sacrifice? Well, it wasn't a sacrifice, no. <laughs> like, it, this is the sequel now. I'm just doing <laughs> what you did over again. <laughs> this is trauma reloaded. Exactly. We shouldn't pass that trauma down. Like, we we should, like, know that we've dealt with this and then take that away from that generation so that they're better. And that continues to happen to the point where now everybody just lives a more harmonious life together so it's it's something like one of them that i feel like you'll appreciate being a chef is when parents don't like a certain food and so that then gets passed on to their kids and so yeah they don't they don't like peas for example and so their kids are like i don't like peas and it's like well my and they don't have any rationale for it other than the fact that it's 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 a learned trait yep I call them the, the chicken finger eaters, where no matter where you go in the world, no matter what nice restaurant you go to, they're just like, do you have chicken fingers? <laughs> <laughs> like, get out. Get out. Yeah, it's like two things. If you want to know me, like, I don't care if you don't eat a lot of stuff, like, normally, but, like, just trying it goes a long way with me. And also music. So food and music, if you listen to one genre all day and you only eat chicken fingers all day, we're probably not going to vibe well. Comfort. Just not, you know, like it's just not <laughs> going to happen, you know? So just, just be able, be able to try things guys. <laughs> All right, let's wrap up this recipe now. So we have our chimichangas that's been resting and to make this peanut sauce, the reason why we ain't talked about it too much is because it's super fast, super easy guys. So this is a Thai inspired peanut sauce. So we're using some peanut butter, some coconut milk, some lime juice, a little soy sauce, some sriracha, fresh ginger, garlic, and cilantro. And we're just combining these things together. So it's going to be creamy. It's going to have that peanut butter. Then it's also going to have those Asian-inspired flavors from the soy sauce and sriracha. And then that freshness from the ginger, garlic, and cilantro to keep it, you know, like not a heavy sauce here. So the only thing we have to do is we don't have to necessarily warm this up. But it makes it so that the peanut butter is a little bit more easy to 
ladle onto your chimichanga because you had chimichanga before. You just like this nice cheese sauce over the top. So this is a different type of sauce, but you want to kind of still have that same feel of like this nice ladle sauce. So in a small saucepan, if we just start with a little bit of, we go with sesame oil this time. We just talked about sesame oil. Let's do it. A little sesame oil here. You want to grate your ginger and garlic up. So we're going to get these aromatics going. They're going to not take more than one or two minutes for you to smell these amazing aromas. That's how you know they're aromatics. By the time they start to smell like that, we're going to add in our lime juice. And we also can zest the lime too. So a rule of thumb for you guys, if you're adding in lime juice, grapefruit juice, orange juice, lemon juice, fresh, you can always add in a zest to that recipe gives it an extra boost of just freshness in there. So we'll zest the lime, then juice it in. Then we're going to add in the coconut milk. We're going to let this kind of simmer and come up to a nice simmer. And this is because when we add in the peanut butter, we want that to kind of melt down into it. So we'll wait for that coconut milk to kind of get simmer, simmering, and then add that peanut butter in. Last but not least, we're going to add in our soy sauce, sriracha, and cilantro to finish it off. And we're just whisking all this together. And we just want to just salt and pepper to taste, guys. So we have this sauce, which can be served warm. We have our chimichanga. Just want to plate our chimichanga here. If you really want to make sure that you have the nice effect, you want to cut your chimichanga down. So always diagonally. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. Don't at me, taste. but diagonal cuts taste better, too. I can't prove it scientifically, <laughs> but they do, man. You know like, what? I've got an idea. Let me let me let me lie my way through this one. Maybe it's because when it's cut on a diagonal, there's a section at the front that is smaller, which means you can easily more easily get it into your mouth, which means the first bite is less of an issue and more about flavor. Hmm. I mean, I got nothing better, so let's go with it. Yeah, I'll just lie <laughs> to everyone. Science by one. Science. <laughs> Any real scientists out there, you know the answer. You can add us. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It does, yeah. though. It really does yeah, feel it like it tastes better. So I just cut on diagonals like all, all the time now. So cut this diagonally. And it's easier later to dip into sauces. It's yeah, all I of think that. that's it, too. You just dip it in. We're going to ladle yep. this sauce on, but then like have a little side of it so you can't dip, like Warren mm-hmm. just said. And I top it with a little bit of fresh cilantro. And there we go, guys. We have our... Asian-inspired lobster chimichanga with a Thai peanut sauce, guys. So I am ecstatic. I can't wait for you to post. <laughs> yeah, this is gonna be this is gonna be a good one. I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> so, Warren, before we get out of here, any final thoughts on today you want to lead the people with on stereotypes and just just a, a good like lesson? Um, I don't know, maybe. The only thing I can say is uh, I feel like we live in a in a society at the moment where it's really easy to be introverted and to be to only understand yourself and what you've been through. I feel like the best way we can maybe get rid of some of these stereotypes is to look at other people and try and as much as we can appreciate things from their point of view. Um, and I feel like generations are doing that at the moment. Um, but if everyone can just make a concerted effort to do it more, um, a lot of the things that people say that are stereotypes that are hurtful or um, that maybe hold certain groups back, um, if you can look at it from their side and their opinion and how that may be affecting them, 
then maybe those then maybe you can challenge your own perception of that stereotype um and once we get to like i've said before once we get to the point that we're the older generation if we've challenged that perception and that stereotype and we haven't then taught that to our kids that that stereotype no longer needs to be a stereotype so it's it's on us from here on out well put well put yeah, I got nothing to add to that one, guys. So <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like yeah. it. Yeah. Put it on a t shirt. I, <laughs> I might. I might. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you, Warren, once again. Before we get out of here, let the people know how they can find you on all your social media platforms and what you have coming up next. Um, I would tell you guys automatically his tattooing out there. So if you are in the UK, hit him up. But Go ahead and plug yourself right quick. Yeah. Uh, so uh, just on Instagram uh, is probably the easiest place and it's at in ink we trust. So I N I N K W E T R U S T in ink we trust. Uh, and then I guess you can find me on Facebook. I don't really use it. Instagram is mostly what I use. I'm going to try and get into TikTok. I can't promise you anything. Um, you I'm should, gonna be man. I don't know a lot of TikTok. I don't know a lot of tattooing TikTokers. So no, maybe cool. I'll, maybe I'll give it a go. Um, and then uh, I'm gonna be tattooing out of a studio in Birmingham uh, in, called Vivid Ink, and I'm gonna be at the Mosley store. Um, so I'll be there from uh, from just a couple of weeks. Um, so if you need anything doing, holler at your boy. Let me know. I'm still doing bits of photography and videos every now and then. So don't ask me for that, but you might see some on my Instagram. Um, and I'm yeah, pushing man. him to be a personal tattoo artist, guys. So, you know, get yeah, those coins you, you've been saving. If you want to fly him out, you know, for a look, tattoo in Ibiza or something, he can do that. If you if you need me to tattoo you anywhere in the world, send me some of those Bitcoins. I'll be happy to do it. <laughs> <laughs> got you man i got you maybe we'll do like a, a combo where it's like personal chef and personal tattoo artist get a tattoo and a meal oh i know wait my cousin's a barber boom so let's do this let's yeah do, i mean i feel like we're already we talk about stereotypes we're definitely angling this part towards yeah. rappers but we're doing quite anybody can do right it now. Anybody can do this like anybody can purchase like this package guys like not just yeah. rappers you, <laughs> look it doesn't it doesn't need to be you don't need to be you can save up for this buy your girlfriend yeah. christmas like look it's something you do you know what you, you I, I, how who am i to tell you how to spend your money never as long what as you're I'm spending it on me spend, yeah spend it on <laughs> us <laughs> <laughs> all right guys thank you again warren and thank you guys for listening remember i will be back every week with new episodes and you guys have a good day peace out thank you for listening to cooking your way through life with chef hollywood <laughs>